On the Healthy Human Revolution podcast, Dr. Lori Marbus interviews nutrition and lifestyle medicine experts and extraordinary guests whose informative and inspiring stories will empower you with the knowledge to transform your life and health. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Dr. Lori Marbus, and today I'm so excited to introduce Shamiz Kachwala. How are you today? I'm fantastic, Lori. It's really, really nice to be here. I'm excited to share my story with all your viewers. Yes. Well, we're excited to hear it too, because honestly, as a physician, there's, I can't get enough of this. I've been kind of on your journey. You started like, I think in 2012, so did I. And it's a, it's really fun to be on this end to hear such healing. So why don't we just dive in and tell us, you know, how did this all start for you? Absolutely. Yeah. So, wow, what a journey it has been for me. So, it all started uh, in 2012 when I was teaching English in Japan, out of all places. And I kind of, you know, was never a sick person. I never got any issues. I hated taking medicine. Um, so, you know, it was a bit weird for me to kind of feel a little bit off. And that's, that's where it all started. So I was um, teaching English in Japan, um, you know, doing the normal nine to five. And, so, you know, I experienced a little bit of tiredness. I experienced a little bit of digestive discomfort. And that was a bit concerning for me because I'd never really uh, had any of those issues before. And I kind of just went with the flow. I said, okay, maybe my body will sort itself out. Not thinking anything about diet or nutrition. Um, I think, you know, as a normal person, people just do normal things, eat normal foods. And for me, it was much the same. I thought we needed protein from animal products. Um, I didn't really question any particular diet per se. I didn't really, I wasn't a dieter. Uh, I used to go to the gym. I used to exercise. I used to do all sorts of things. So it was a bit odd for me to kind of feel odd or ill. And it was when I started to see a little bit of blood in my stool, that was when things got really concerning because I was kind of like, hey, what's going on here? And uh, it is quite common for people to see blood through in their stool when they get hemorrhoids and things like that. Um, so I didn't really pay attention to it too much. Um, you know, obviously called my parents and things like that. And they said, maybe it, it could be that or whatever. And so I, after I started to feel really tired in the evenings, which I wasn't feeling before, that's when, that's when it kind of struck me to say, Hey, this is actually a little bit more severe. And, um, my bathroom trips started to increase to around three or four a day. And uh, that was a bit unusual for me. And, and going back and forth to the toilet uh, consecutively was a bit weird. Um, so I went to my local GP in Japan. Um, and obviously, the, the, the doctor didn't know how to speak English that well. Um, so for me, I knew a little bit of Japanese, luckily. I had studied it during school. Um, and obviously the medical terms are a little bit hard for me, but I, I kind of understood a little bit of what he was saying. So, well, obviously he didn't know how to speak English as well. So he said, well, let's just get you checked, um, see what's going on. So he actually um, said, you know, go to the hospital and they'll get you checked. They'll, they'll do a colonoscopy and, and see what happens. So I said, okay, let's do it. You know, I, I don't want to um, feel this way anymore, obviously. So, went to the hospital and um you know went to the doctors there and i said look this is my situation um they then 
um, did a sigmoidoscopy um, and they said, okay, you've got uh, mild colitis. They diagnosed me with mild colitis. And I was like, I have not, I do not know what that is. Uh, it's very, a very strange thing to kind of think about, you know, what, what is this uh, colitis? I'd never heard of it before. Um, so they said to me that, you know, you, you're going to have to be in hospital for about a week because we just want to observe you, want to see what happens to you. And I said, okay, sweet, that's fine. So the communication in Japan is, is not much, right? So I didn't know what was going on. So they kind of just put me in a, a room and they said, okay, here you go. And they gave me a, a hospital gown. And I was like, oh, so they didn't really say, okay, go get your stuff, you know, maybe get your toothbrush and maybe a laptop or something. So I was just like, okay, cool. So I scooted home. Um, I scooted to the hospital. I scooted back home, got some clothes, uh, packed my things, and then came back to hospital and I obviously got admitted. And it was a bit of a weird thing because I didn't really know what was going on. Um, they said, you know, take these antibiotics uh, and we'll see, see what happens. Um, so I obviously uh, stayed the night and as the days went by, I was like, okay, is anything happening? And the doctor kind of came in and out and said, um, you know, this is what you have and, and blah, 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 blah. And I kind of was like, sweet, you know, doctors have got me. Um, I had full trust in them, obviously, and uh, I thought I was going to be out there in a week. Um, however, that wasn't the case. And uh, for the next five weeks, little did I know, I was going to be staying there. And so as the weeks went by, uh, my condition started to get worse and worse. And I was a bit, you know, kind of taken back and I was like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I've got the doctors, you know, why am I not getting better? Um, and for, for me, um, you know, I never liked to take medication. And so the doctor came back uh, one day and said, you know, you're going to have to take medication for the rest of your life. And it kind of, I kind of got shocked and I said, hang on a second. This is, you know, this is not right. Um, so as, as the weeks went by and the days went by, they put me on antibiotics, obviously, and then they put me on um, mesalazine or 5-ASA, as they call it in Japan, anti-inflammatory drugs. Um, and my bowel movements didn't get better. They actually got started to get worse. So I was going around three to four times a day initially. The next week, uh, that went up to like five to six. And then a couple of days after that, went up to seven to eight. And this is with blood and diarrhea. And so I was kind of a bit concerned saying, hey, you know, this is, this is a bit weird. Um, while in hospital, they were feeding me um, food that was supposedly for patients with IBD. Um, and that was, I think, um, some fish, some miso soup, some uh, porridge, rice porridge, and a half raw egg. And uh, I didn't seem to mind that food because, again, I didn't even know anything about food I just ate what they gave and I was pretty hungry so and we all know hospital food is not the best so <laughs> it didn't really bother me um, however it did bother me when I started to go to the toilet more mm. and that was when um, you know I called my parents mm. and I said hey guys you know I'm, I'm in hospital obviously they knew I was in hospital before um, but they didn't know that how severe I was getting and I said I think you guys might need to come here uh, because I'm not, you know, I'm losing weight as well. Uh, I think I lost 10 kilos in the first two weeks. Oh my um, goodness. And yeah, so I, I told them to come over and they were on, obviously on the flight the next day. Um, and 
they had seen me just recently because they had come to Japan for a holiday and we went actually around, um, we drove around thousand kilometers around Japan, um, looking at all the different, uh, obviously sites and stuff. And it was tree blossom at that time when they came. So it was beautiful. Um, so this happened in about, um, I think it was May, end of May. Um, so yeah, I caught, they caught, they came over and they looked at me and they said, Oh my God, like what happened, what's happened to you? You know, because I'd lost a lot of weight and they were pretty concerned. Um, and the doctors didn't really have an answer. They were just like, well, you know, he's, he's here and, and obviously he's not responding to the medications, but we're trying our best um, to try and solve this issue. Uh, Did they have a translator for you? No, so there was a language, was a language barrier there. Um, and my parents were a bit shocked because they had to come through me, obviously, like, what is he saying? And obviously my knowledge, medications, the terminology in the med med medical world was none. Um, but I started to learn a little bit, obviously, with Google and, and dictionary and stuff like that. Um, I was conversational, so I knew a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the nurses were coming in and out and um, my parents didn't really know what was going on. Um, and they were seeing me, you know, go to the bathroom so often. They're like, what's going on? What's, you know, what's happened? Um, and progressively got worse and worse and worse. And there was no real sign of me getting any better. I was losing more weight. They uh, put me on prednisone uh, after that. Um, you know, I was on, I think, 80 mg of prednisone. Um, so even that didn't uh, solve the problem or calm my symptoms down because after that, I was going around 15 to 20 times a day. So eventually got up to that, I think, by the fourth week. Um, and then the fifth week was pretty much hell for me. Um, I lost another 20 kilos um, during that oh time. Gosh. So I lost about 30 kilos total. Um, I was down to about 45 and I'm um, 5'10". Oh my gosh. And yeah, so I was very, very skinny. I actually couldn't walk anymore. Um, I couldn't actually talk either because I was so fatigued. I needed sleeping pills to sleep because obviously I was waking up in the middle of the night going to the bathroom. Um, I needed um, painkillers, really, really strong painkillers because the cramping was just unbearable um, and I really couldn't do anything. Uh, and so I was in nappies uh, in the hospital bed. My mum was actually, you know, helping me out, cleaning me. Um, I actually had to get a private room because I couldn't walk to the toilet because the, the room that they put me in was about, I think, 10, 15 meters away and the, the toilet was there and I could not walk with the drip. Um, so I had to get a private room and I said, look, you know, I, I need this because I can't, I can't go back and forth. So obviously we've got a private room. Um, and yeah, it went up to about 40 times a day. Uh, bowel movements was bloody diarrhea, uh, severe cramping. I couldn't even like lift my arm up. That's how weak I was. Wow. Um, I, and I, and I literally couldn't talk and my parents were very, very concerned at this point because they were like, what is going on? Um, my mum was frank, frantically trying to find something on the internet. She couldn't find anything. And um, the doctors ultimately said, you know, he's in such a bad state that uh, we might have to do surgery. Um, and that's when my mum freaked out even more because she was like, what, what's going on? How can he have just gotten so much worse under your care? Um, and I was just like, get rid of my colon. I don't care what you do. I'm in so much pain. And, you know, I, 
just do what you need to do, basically. Luckily, my mum said no. Uh, I'm so for, forever grateful for, for her to say that because I'm so lucky that I don't, that I have my colon intact. <laughs> um, so at that time, um, they said, okay, if you don't want to do surgery, we'll put you on what's called immunosuppressant medication. Um, this was, I think, it was tacrolimus back then. So it was quite a, I don't, I don't know if they used it very often because it was pretty strong back then. Um, and uh, they, they kind of said, okay, we'll see if this works. And it actually helped me a little bit, obviously. So from 40 times a day, I went down to about 15 to 20. Um, and while that, that was a huge relief for me, obviously, because that allowed me to kind of, you know, get some relief in some way in terms of going to the bathroom, but pain, sleeping, all that was still the same. And I, and I couldn't basically do anything. Um, and I think the two weeks um, in, in, in hospital, they kind of stopped feeding me because they said, okay, we'll just try and get the medication, give the medication a chance to work and see what the body does. So obviously I couldn't get the, the calories from my wrist. So they put a catheter in my neck. And this was a story to tell because <laughs> the, we, the doctor had explained the situation obviously to my parents and he said, you know, oh, there's about a 95% chance that I'll be able to put the, the needle through there. And my, my mom and dad was like, what about the other 5%? You know, like mm. what happens then? And then he's like, oh, well, I think if I do a mistake, this is in Japanese uh, English, so it's, it's Jinglish, that's so kind of a bit <laughs> hard to understand. But he's like, if I make a mistake, then another surgeon has to come and then, you know, sew the, the vein up or sew the wound up or whatever. And, and that's obviously, you know, one of our largest veins. So all blood would have gone everywhere. Um, so he said, he said, no, I've got, an, I'm pretty confident. It's a 95% chance. Um, and then, so he was doing the, the catheter and uh, the nurse runs out and, and just goes straight and bolts to the, to the office. And my parents were outside obviously. And they were just like, what is going on? Uh, because they were kind of shaking and scared because they're like, I hope, you know, is everything okay? And, and obviously no one said anything to them. And then she came back and she said, everything is okay. Everything is okay. And, and my parents were just like, Phew. <laughs> um, so they had to obviously put a catheter in my, in my neck, um, giving about 1600 calories um, through IV. And, you know, I was on IV steroids as well, IV antibiotics, everything um, didn't, didn't work, didn't kind of settle my, my um, symptoms. Then obviously, um, you know, I was weak, really, really weak. I couldn't do it. I was still the same. And my mom was obviously searching online as she was this whole time. And she just typed in as tofu good for you on online on Google. And then there was a book that came actually, which was called Self-Healing Colitis and Crohn's Disease by Dr. David Klein. I should have actually bought the book. Um, but that book basically saved my life. Um, it talks about, you know, going on to um, the vegan healing diet, which is, um, you know, juicing, smoothies, um, you know, steamed vegetables, especially uh, pumpkin, sweet potatoes, potatoes, um, squash, um, and all those beautiful root vegetables to soothe the colon. And so this was a bit of a, a, a I guess, a tangle because the, the nutritionist, we, we started to kind of talk to the nutritionist and we said, hey, um, 
because he's a foreigner, we don't want to eat the food that you were giving him, obviously, earlier. Um, you know, gaijin, which means foreigner in, in Japan, in Japanese. So we kind of convinced the nutritionist or dietitian um, in the hospital to say that, you know, we're going to just feed him this food. Um, and uh, she said, you know, where are you going to get your protein from, all that, that kind of stuff. Uh, not understanding. So she said, okay, uh, we can do this for sure. We can cook this up for you, the steamed vegetables, um, but you got to have some butter in there. So we'll put some butter in there for you. Um, and I was like, yeah, just, just put it on the side. Um, that's fine. Um, <laughs> so luckily we were allowed to actually, um, you know, do this. And so my mom actually went and bought a juicer and a smoothie maker and she brought it back into the hospital room. Um, and she was making me uh, juices, so celery juice, um, apple, uh, pear, grapes, um, and she was making smoothies of bananas and dates and things like that. And um, it was actually quite funny because the nurses, um, they started to drink this as well. They, they used to have a little bit too because they're like, oh, yes, yes, this is going to help. This is going to help. And they obviously knew that, you know, food had a little bit to do with it or whatever, but they didn't really tell us because they can't really say anything. Um, but they were also enjoying it. And I started to feel better. I started to kind of get my energy back. I started to get a lot of things back. And I was like, this is freaking amazing. Like, what is this? Um, so I did four colonoscopies um, in hospital. The first three were pretty bad. The first one, obviously, was when I first got diagnosed. The second one was just to check up to see how my body was doing with, uh, in relation to the medication. And the third one was probably the worst one. He couldn't go past my rectum uh, because it was so inflamed. And so I went from being diagnosed with mild colitis to severe ulcerative colitis in the space of about four weeks, mm. um, being heavily drugged. And I guess my body just didn't want the medication that started to chuck it out. And I guess um, that's why um, I got myself into that position or that's why my body did that. And as soon as I started to nourish it, as soon as I started to let the body self heal, um, that's, I think we understood that because obviously this book explains self healing, it explains fasting. It also explains a little bit of, you know, juicing and stuff like that. Um, and so in one week, this just one week, my ulcers had gone. So he did the colonoscopy again. He goes, if this colonoscopy, um, shows no ulcers and your inflammation levels are really low, you can, you can go, you can get discharged. And I was like, whoa. Because I, obviously I'd been there for about five weeks and I was just like, oh my God, I'm sick of this place, obviously. And it's not nice to be in a hospital um, bed and hospital room. Obviously I started to get my energy back by eating these foods. And I kind of walked past the uh, office, the, you know, and, and they all looked at me going, how are you doing this? Because obviously I'd been in such a bad state before and suddenly just like in a week, you know, I had started to get my mojo back. So for me, that was just so liberating because my bowel movement started to come down as well. So for I think 15 to 20 to 15, then went down to 10, then went down to I think six and then kept, kept sort of going down. And, and that's when he did the colonoscopy and, and that's when it showed, yeah, no ulcers. And, and very, very, very little inflammation. And my CRP came back normal. Um, my blood, blood test markers were also um, really good. And that's when he kind of said, okay, well, you can actually go. 
Um, and we were, we were relieved because we just wanted to get out of there. And um, I didn't actually uh, mention this, but they started to give me the, the medication orally instead of IV. And I started to read up on, on these immunosuppressant drugs and especially, specifically tacrolimus. And I was very, very scared to take this medication because of its side effects. Mm. You know, I, I read some of it being skin cancer and leukemia and stuff like that. And I was just like, hey, I don't want to put this in my body. You know, I know that, you know, this diet is helping me. So let's just try and stop the medication. I wouldn't advise anyone to do this. We were in obviously a very desperate situation and we wanted to get out of there. And after kind of reading the information on, on the side effects of medications, I didn't want to take it. And I made that decision. Um, and I kind of was throwing it away. I was flushing it down the toilet while they were giving it to me because I was very friendly with the uh, nurses. Um, so I would just, you know, how they'd come in and they'd give you a little box and they'd obviously wait until you swallow it. Um, but I was quite friendly with them. So I said, oh, I'll just take it later. Don't worry. And, mm. and they'd go out. I'd just tip it down tip it down and flush it down the toilet because I ain't, ain't no way I was taking that medication uh, long term and he said that you know you're gonna have to be on this medication for the rest of your life and I'm like no thank you wow. um, so luckily obviously we found this this diet and found this lifestyle and, and I got better in a week and that was when I was able to be discharged and the doctor actually you know when we left um, he said to us, you know, finally the medication's actually working. And, and me and my mom just had like a bit of a grin on our face because we, we just were like, no, it didn't. And, and we're getting out of here now. So see you later. Um, and so, yeah, that was um, me being discharged from hospital uh, from Japan. So we stayed about a week in Japan to try and get all my stuff and then moved back to New Zealand. Uh, it wasn't over though. It wasn't over because Obviously, when you, when you start a new lifestyle, it can be quite hard, um, especially when your family is also new to this. And um, obviously, growing up eating meat, dairy and eggs all my life, I had lots of cravings. And, uh, you know, I didn't actually pay attention too much about the science behind the plant-based diet. I had read this book and I understood it and I said, hey, okay, but it doesn't really necessarily go into the science behind, um, you know, why a healthy plant-based diet is best for heart disease, diabetes, cancer, stroke, Alzheimer's. So... For me, I just was really, you know, like I hadn't eaten meat for about two months. And so I was kind of like, all right, I'm going to go eat some animal products. And so I think I went and ate animal products again for about a month. And obviously my body was like, what are you doing? Why are you eating these foods? And so my symptoms started to come back. And it was a, it was a massive battle for me mentally. Um, to go, you know, why are you doing this? Why did you eat these foods? Go back onto a plant-based diet, you know, and, and heal yourself up again. And that's exactly what I did, fortunately. Through some really, really tough times, um, my family also, you know, was having a really tough time because they didn't know what was going on with me. I understood exactly what was going on with myself, but I couldn't do it because my mind was letting me down. Uh, and so when people have this disease it's 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 a very very much a mental game and it can get you very depressed because you see all these other people doing things and you go why me why did this happen to me you victimize yourself mm -hmm. and that was something that you know took took over me and i i became very very suicidal 
Um, I didn't want to live anymore because my body had just depleted itself again. And, you know, that was a really, really hard time. That was during the hospital that you felt suicidal? No, so that was after when we came back to New Zealand. So that wow. was when I started to eat animal products again. Wow. Um, and what happened then was that, you know, I had, to, I had to align myself and I had to say, look, if you want a life after colitis, you've got to do the things that are going to get you back there. So mm-hmm. obviously I started to heal myself again. And because of the mental battle with, with myself, you know, it took about six months for me to rebuild and get back up into shape. And that's when I realized that life was way more important than food. And I think getting back on my mountain bike, because I absolutely love mountain biking. I love exercise in general. Um, I was always a guy who did that. So that was a massive driver for me. Um, And also getting inspired by people like Lance Armstrong, reading his book and, you know, thinking about what he has, he had been through and what, you know, he had been able to achieve. And I said, well, look, if they can do it, then I can do it as well. And then watching documentaries like Heal um, on Netflix where, you know, the mind has a lot to do with it, um, you know, that helped me and that kind of encouraged me uh, to kind of get myself back on track. And, you know, I I found the plant-based lifestyle again um, and started to hear myself. And it's been over seven and a half years now, not a single uh, pill of medication and you know I've obviously had blood tests and things like that calprotectin tests and everything is absolutely fine um, wow. and I'm just so grateful to to be in this position and, and to actually you know live this amazing life because you know the, it's a challenge it's a, it's a real battle uh, with yourself mostly and, and that's why I think this disease can really get to people because they don't have that self-confidence and self-belief that their body can actually heal itself and the body can do the work. We just got to get out the way and let it do its work, you know, and it will do it. You just, exactly. You just have to get out of the way. Wow. That was a really incredible story and kudos again to your folks and your mom, especially. So having three grown children, I totally get that. Your mom's instinct is like, okay, let's figure this out. And I can't imagine (laughs) the stress of being in a a foreign hospital, feeling like Mm. you're going to die. Your family's there. They don't know the language as well. I mean, you're conversational, but not to the degree that I can sit down with a patient in the the U.S. and speak English to them and say, here's what's going on. These are your, this is the risk of this medication. Do you have any questions? We're here, you know, all of that alone. I mean, that, that stress, I'm sure didn't help your condition at all. No, it didn't. And that's why we were desperate. And that's why we did the things that we did in hospital because we just, we, we, we had no other way out. And mm-hmm. that's why I say, say to people that look, you know, don't necessarily do what I do and stop your medication because it's, you know, you've got to, you've got to understand the situation. You've got to understand what it's about. And and I wouldn't recommend anyone do that um, now because it can have quite a few drawbacks. But for me, I was so desperate and um, I needed something to help me uh, get out of the position that I was in. And my mental health was really quite strong in hospital because I was like, I want to get out of here. Uh, So it was kind of like, it's funny because your mind can really, um, or like basically dictate how you feel and how you can get out out of certain situations and I think in the hospital my mind was very strong and when I came back to New Zealand I was very weak because I victimized myself and you know I said because my family obviously could eat anything they want however they supported me through this process and they ate exactly what I ate 
um, which is, you know, really, really um, beneficial. And for all, all those listeners, if, if they know anyone that has IBD, you know, family support is really key. And obviously, it is a restrictive diet initially when you have lots of inflammation, when your bowel is inflamed and you have ulcers, you don't want to obviously be eating, um, you know, whole grains and things. Uh, when it's really severe, you want to be eating soft, soluble fiber, like your starch-based foods and your fruits, so bananas specifically. Um, so, you know, for my parents to support me through that process was um, just unbelievable. And, and I really do thank them for that. Um, but yeah, going back to hospital, it was a pretty crazy time and it was definitely stressful, but we, we had hope. And I think mm -hmm. that was what, what carried me through that process in hospital. Yeah. So where did the hope go? Because I'm, I'm trying to, you know, understand, this is why I started the podcast four years ago, right? Was to actually speak to people like you on how they made the mental transition, but you had been very ill and you knew the diet was the answer, but there was this, this point and you said the cravings in the mind. So this period of six months. So can you just kind of walk us through like, the questions you were asking yourself or because there's, it's not just IBD, right? The, these people have this with di, you know, any issues, uh, diabetes, heart disease, hypertension. Cool. Uh, so can you just kind of give us a little peek into what's going on in your mind during that time? Because I think that's where people are really going to be able to relate. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, I mean, when you have a digestive disease specifically, or when you have a disease where you can't eat specific foods, for example, because it makes your condition worse, I think you get upset and you get upset at the world basically because it's like why me why did this happen to me and there's a lack of acceptance there and that's what happened to me I, I did not realize that instead of seeing this as a blessing I saw it as a as a bad thing that happened to me and that I wouldn't be able to you know eat all the foods that I was before for example or you know I think I didn't realize that these, the foods that I was eating in the past actually got me sick. And that was what wasn't, you know, I wasn't comprehending that. I, I couldn't understand that. And when I started to then read the research, when I started to read the information that is there in the, in the medical literature and even the, the books by, you know, John, Dr. McDougall, Esther Stein, Dr. Barnard, I started to understand that animal products actually create all these problems. And my problem was just is very similar and it created, I, I created this for myself. And so I can undo that, you know, I can reverse this because if I stop eating these foods and if I start eating foods that nourish my body and lower the inflammation, then I'm going to be back up and running like I did the first time. So the, the biggest struggle for me was that, you know, I, I was in a similar position, obviously going to the toilet a lot more, um, but I really just couldn't see the, the end. I couldn't see the end because I kept coming back to that, oh, I can't eat this and I can't eat that. Instead of saying to myself what I can eat, mm -hmm. I was thinking what I can't eat. And that, that's, I think, was key because I was just getting nowhere. And I, I was in a dark, downward spiral all the time. And I guess what lifted me was this inspiration of you know, other people getting through so many other diseases and especially Chris Beats Cancer. I don't know if you've seen his YouTube channel, but he was back in the day, I think he was uh, back in 2012. There was not many people on YouTube and he was uh, another person that I stumbled across and I said, Hey, you know, he had colon cancer and he was in a similar situation as me where, you know, the doctors gave up and, uh, you know, 
I related to him and I was like, how, wow. Like, you know, he also did similar things to me like juicing and, and, you know, eating a plant-based diet to, to obviously resolve the, the, the disease and, and resolve the inflammation. So those things really helped me. And I think for anyone out there that is struggling, know that there is hope and know that you are the person that can heal yourself. You know, don't rely on anyone else for this because you know, it's very easy for blame. It's very easy for us to blame other people, to blame other things. However, you know, lifestyle diseases are only caused by yourself. And you, your, you know, when you eat these bad foods, you're going to create these this 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 ease in your body, and your body can ultimately go back into ease if it wants to. It's just you've got to give it the right conditions and, and the right tools to do that. And I think some people like myself at one point uh, didn't believe that and didn't want to believe that either. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it is a mental battle for sure. And I think it goes with anyone that's got any kind of disease, you know? Oh like, yeah. It's definitely, it's just definitely amazing. I mean, I, I take care of people every single day that in the same similar position and they could be devastatingly ill and still struggle with, you know, between the ears, this little three pound mask <laughs> just makes it so hard because we disconnect our body with what's going on in our mind. And yes. um, that mind body connection is so very important, which kind of leads us to now you are helping others. So can you tell us how that all started and what was the inspiration to, you know, yeah, help people? Definitely. definitely. Well, I'll start off with my brother's story actually, because he also has a little bit of a part to play in this. And um, he actually um, came back to New Zealand to support me over the summer. Um, and he went vegan or plant-based um, for three weeks. Um, and he was like, oh my God, I've never ever felt this good before. Uh, he obviously was, you know, really, really unhealthy. He used to, he used to bo boast about uh, eating like, you know, 300 gram steak and stuff like that. And, um, you know, he was very unhealthy and for him, um, this was another blessing for him because he, he, he did the diet for three weeks. So, you know, smoothies and juices and, and steamed veggies and things like that. Same as me to support, to support me. Um, and he felt so amazing, uh, that he was like, wow, like, how could this be possible? Uh, so he, he then started to research more. Um, and he came across obviously, you know, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Esther Stein, uh, Dr. Barnard, um, McDougal, um, Gregor, and it, you know, we were kind of like, he, he started this before me. So he started eating healthier and stuff. This is when I went back to animal products. Uh, mm. He still stuck to doing what he, what he uh, found. And so then he obviously then told me like, Hey, you've got to do this research to understand that these are the foods that have caused this problem in the first place. So you need to undo that damage. Um, then he said, well, I can't just, not do anything with all this information um, because he, you know, it was like a revelation for him. He was, he was liberated because he's like, wow, like why haven't I been told this earlier? So he started a YouTube channel. He started his own YouTube channel <laughs> and um, he started, you know, telling people about this lifestyle and that, you know, how can, you know, me, for example, as well, um, you know, reverse this condition that, that just through diet, you know, without medications. And he started to, then he interviewed me and, and um, 
he started talking more about this and how type 2 diabetes is, you know, is able to be reversed, heart disease, all those kinds of things. Um, and then I started getting into it as well. And then what happened was obviously I got better after six months. Um, and, you know, we started studying a lot about this. And then we actually did a course um, from Dr. David Klein, who, who actually wrote the book. He has a course um, called the Vibrant Health and Wealth Academy. And he talks about natural hygiene. And that's, this is what we've learned. So we, we, we learn about natural hygiene. We learn about fasting. Uh, we learn about a lot of things about how the body can actually heal itself. And obviously, I had been able to do that with myself twice. Um, so, you know, I was the basically proof, proof um, that this can happen. And, you know, we, we started to realize that this message needs to be told to people. Um, so then I started to do videos of my experience on how I was able to heal and mentally and physically. Um, and we started, you know, posting more and more videos on YouTube. And then we started to get people's comments and we were like, people were like, wow, how did you do this? And blah, blah, blah. Cause obviously I had my before and after pictures and stuff like that. And people were kind of really interested. And then we said, Hey, well, why don't we start consulting people and start, you know, coaching and, and, get these people better and through our experiences of, of healing as well. So that's how high carb health started. Mm. And I think it was the time when the low carb movement or the Atkins diet was quite, you know, popular. And for us to be called high carb and health, people were kind of questioning us going, what are these lunatics doing? <laughs> high carb is like the last thing you want to do, you know? So this is why I think we chose the name. Um, high carb health because we wanted to have a point of difference and we wanted people to question like why are you called that and why is it this so then we could talk to people more we could start a conversation and tell them hey look this is what the evidence says mm. you know fruits and vegetables are high in carbohydrate so <laughs> high carb health it is so yeah I, I mean it just basically started from from youtube and we started helping people and more and more people started to get in touch um and you know we we found that this way of, of helping people was working really well. And so we started our online consultancy and I've been doing that ever since. Um, so it's been about five years now since we've mm. started to, to help people and, and it's been really successful. There's, we've got about a hundred video testimonials on our YouTube channel, um, you know, with people that have had Crohn's and colitis. So this is not only for, People they have ulcerative colitis, but people they have Crohn's disease as well, and yeah. you know it's fascinating to see how people can start to take control of their health. Uh, and and these people are the people that come to us, which or who uh, you know medication has also not worked for them either, and so they have to find something else. And I guess that's where we came in. But we're trying to push the prevention, right? So we want, we're trying to push people to say, hey you know, start change with your diet, you know, start changing. And, that, and that's what I've been talking to people about on, on YouTube saying, you know, go to the plant-based diet. And I think there's a lot of misinformation out there, um, you know, and, and you've got to go to the science, not people on YouTube. Right. <laughs> because otherwise you can get very carried away. And, and you know, because when you have anecdotal evidence, it's, it's great, obviously. But when you have science backing that anecdotal evidence, I think it just becomes a lot more... Um, or but better to kind of um, trust, I guess. 
So have you noticed more people searching you out since COVID started? I mean, because one, they're at home and two, I mean, the plant-based diet has just had a huge boost. I know we launched the plant-based telehealth platform <laughs> um, literally the week. It took us a year and a half to plan. So now we have, you know, my, our co-founder, my co-founder, my business partner, Anthony, um, we launched that because we kept hearing people say, I can't see a plant-based doctor. Where can I get a plant-based doctor? In the U.S., it makes it really difficult. You have to have a license in each 50 states. Mm. And it's a very um, administratively burdensome process. And so I have 10 more to go, um, plus D.C., and I will have all 50. And there's wow. not many doctors in the United States that have. There's less than 20. And um, I just find it is such an important um, you know, uh, service to provide to people. So I have seen a huge spike, um, you know, all the barriers to tell if they're down, but it just seems like people are just so open and searching now. Have you seen the same thing? Absolutely. I think people are a lot more aware of what's going on in the world, um, being distracted, not being distracted from work. I think they're able to, to see um, the truth. And I think Netflix is, is, is a great source for that because we've got movies like The Game Changers and What the Health and Forks Over Knives. Uh, and these documentaries are key to understanding the plant-based diet. And I mean, when these documentaries came out, specifically when The Game Changers came out, we had a, we had a bit of a spike um, because yeah. people were interested in the plant-based diet. And, you know, for me, I give a free 30-minute consultation for anyone that actually wants to talk about plant-based diet because I want them to learn about this. Uh, you know, I, I think people don't take advantage of that, to be honest, but, you know, I want people to, to, to basically talk to me about it, especially if they have ulcerative colitis or Crohn's disease. And I can, I can basically share my story with them a bit more in detail and, and talk to them about why, you know, this diet is not only going to reverse your IBD, but it's going to reverse your heart disease, diabetes, or prevent you from getting heart disease, diabetes, cancer, etc. So, um, it is, there's been a massive shift, I think, in um, people that are starting to wake up like I did because, you know, again, I wasn't told this information, you know, and, and I wish I do, did know before because it may have changed my life. But then again, I, I do understand that the struggles that I had to go through, I had to go through in order for me to be the person that I am today mm -hmm. uh, because I have grown so much as an individual and I think those struggles have made me so much stronger as a person. I think, um, you know, I, every time I look back, I think it's an absolute blessing what I went through because, you know, that has made me such a strong person. The pain that I went through and the suffering that I went through, um, I can do anything now. <laughs> well, not only that, it prepares you for people in the same journey. So if you'd have exactly. just come out of the hospital, stuck with the diet, it didn't have that six months of internal, mm. you know, reflection and struggle, you wouldn't be prepared to help others in that same process because that's the more the normal journey, right? Is someone really struggling with these massive changes. And um, for me, it was really simple. I saw a patient who, I was in Western Colorado. I don't know if you've ever been in the United States, but it's like wild west outside. So it's like Texas and the west side of Colorado. And um, I lived in a town called Rifle, but I saw a patient who got better her ADD and she's 16 and stopped her wow. meds. I'm like, wow. And then I found Dr. Campbell's book, you know, the China study. And yep. back yep. in 2012 to be a doctor and have to, cause I was like one, I have three teenagers at that time and they're all in their twenties now, all plant-based, my husband as well. 
I was like, one, I got to get the family on board. Yeah. I thought that would be pretty easy because I bought all the food and cooked all the foods. Like, you'll eat what I make. Um, <laughs> but the other is like, how do you start this in a clinic? Like, I had no idea um, the power of this food, especially with diabetics on insulin, type 2 diabetics especially, um, well, even mm. type 1s. Um, I cut, if they go full bore, I cut their insulin in half the very wow. first day. That's absolutely amazing. But it was Dr. McDougall, you know, who had written some articles for healthcare professionals. And I had been searching a little bit of Gregor's. I mean, his site's nothing like it is now, back yeah. <laughs> almost eight yeah, years yeah, ago. Yeah. But yeah, you're, you're right. It's just, um, it's an incredible journey and to have that mind process. Um, but the behavior side is so important. Very um, important. Yeah, that's incredible. Definitely. Well, we, what are your, we, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to ask, what are some of your favorite clients that you've worked with? If you, if, you know, I, well, I think that really inspires people. Yeah. Well, I guess everyone that we work with has their own individual journey. And I mean, we've worked with many people around the world. Um, and I think, I don't think I have a favorite because every single person that, you know, gets to the other side, it's an absolute fantastic um, achievement. And I think we've had some really serious cases, obviously, as well, um, and they have been able to overcome um, their digestive disease, and mm. their doctors have gone, how did you do this, you know, mm. and it's amazing to, actually, um, one of the things I think is, when these people go back to their doctors, and they get the blood tests, and they get the, the calprotectin tests, and things like that, the doctors are pretty shocked, because they had seen them before, and they were, you know, very sick. And then six months down the track, they're healthy and happy again. And when doctors actually start to embrace this and they start to actually learn about the science behind the plant-based diet, that's when I think, you know, my heart becomes really happy because, you know, I wasn't told this information. My doctor could have told me this, you know, and it could have saved me this whole um, journey of, of pain and, and suffering and all that kind of stuff. And when doctors actually start to, look at the science, look at the evidence, that's when I'm a very happy chap because, you know, you, you, can, you can do a lot with both, you know, medicine and, and diet. And I think we, we kind of just fail to see the diet side of things, especially with IBD and, and the amount of people that come to me and say, my doctor said diet has nothing to do with it. And, you know, you're, you're going to live with this for the rest of your life is, is shocking because mm. there is an answer. And it's so it is pretty clear, you know, and obviously for me, it's very clear because I've been able to do it. Um, but for other doctors to start to embrace, this is what we're seeing these days. And I'm actually really uh, fortunate to, you know, work with some doctors as well. Um, and, you know, we actually worked with a GI doctor um, and, you know, they, they had um, colitis or I think it was Crohn's disease. Um, but, it wait, was amazing wait, wait, wait. So back up. You had a GI doctor that had Crohn's or colitis and you helped them? Yes. So obviously, you know, they had the medication that failed them as well. And um, wow. I think my brother worked with this client and, you know, she's on a plant-based diet now and it's fascinating. It's amazing to, to see this. Um, you know, and, wow. and she's also um, helping her patients by saying, look, diet has a role to play and uh, you can do this as well so i think that the main thing here is that when someone goes through an illness and reverses it i think that's what's really key because you have that experience mm -hmm. and if you can if a doctor obviously has a, a disease and they can help themselves by going plant-based i think that's one of the most amazing things because 
to have that experience because a lot of doctors don't know what it's like to have IBD and mm. you know it, it is a very tough disease and, and that's why I can relate to so many people because I know what they're going through mm. and so when you know when you have um, you know GPs just saying you know take these medications you might be better you know it just it deflates people or mm. you know saying that you have to be on medication for the rest of your life it kind of deflates mm -hmm. them and and they don't understand what it's like to have this disease so that's why i think you know the more people actually start to look at plant-based diets and more doctors start to look at plant-based diets and the success that we're getting and not only us but so many other doctors i think alan desmond um dr alan desmond as well he's he's getting some really good results um, by putting people on a plant-based diet as well um and um you know he's he's also um, doing really well and, and obviously Dr. B um, who well, wrote Fiber Fueled mm -hmm. um, he is that's a great book if anyone out there is listening please go get yourself Fiber Fueled it's one of the best books uh, written on um, GI health and um, the science behind that as well the evidence behind why a plant-based diet is beneficial uh, for your microbiome specifically um, eating lots and lots of fiber because fiber is what we're told not to eat when we have IBD you know so mm. Uh, you have to understand that fiber is, is essential uh, for IBD. It's what the microbiome wants. It's what, you know, gives us that butyrate that the, you know, microbes start producing uh, to lower the inflammation and to really make that connection, the epithelial wall, nice and strong. So that's, you know, we, we, if, the, if the doctor is suggesting, you know, a low fiber diet, then just move on from that doctor. <laughs> Mm. Wow. So now the Dr. David Klein, what was the name of his book again? Because people will ask. Yeah. So it's called Self-Healing Colitis and Crohn's. I can go and get it if you want and put it up on the screen. Oh, that, that's self-healing. Um, and was there an impetus for him to write that? Did, was he, did it have his own health issues? And... Yeah. So he actually had ulcerative colitis for eight years before he started oh, wow. to do his research. Um, and um he wrote that book. Um, he, unfortunately, he passed away recently. Um, oh, no. And so this, um, you know, what we do is he, he was actually our mentor and he helped us a lot on, um, because obviously we went through him uh, in terms of our study and he taught us a lot about gut health. He taught us a lot, of, a lot about how to coach people as well. And, and I guess we have to kind of, you know, continue his legacy uh, because there isn't that many people um, that that help people on a plant-based diet specifically with IBD and uh, he was or, or self-healing I'd say in, in terms of water fasting we do have True North and that's an amazing place as well I think Dr. Clapper used to use David Klein's book um, in True North when he was practicing there and they had a good connection as well um, mm. and I think you know fasting can be beneficial for people that are very severe in their condition and they can't digest anything so mm -hmm. um there's some really good stuff happening in true north and i'm excited to to um, see what's happening because they're, they're doing studies on microbiome uh while fasting and, and seeing how that changes so mm -hmm. this is going to be some interesting uh, research that goldham is doing Dr. Mm -hmm. so yeah i mean so i'm curious have you go ahead sorry uh, there's just, I mean, I'm, I'm just, there's so much amazing things that are happening in this world. And I think the, the plant-based diet is coming to the forefront now instead of being, you know, the second um, to, to medicine. So it's, it's amazing. Yeah. And I would encourage you guys, because you have such a wealth of, you know, case studies 
<laughs> that you should consider doing a case series and submission, submitting it. I know a journal, by the way, because I'm yes, a you know, you know <laughs> managing journal. editor for the journal. Yes, um, yes. But, it, you know, any journal, especially one that's focused on, you know, disease reversal. Um, and because I think that's really important because that, you know, these are granted, these are anecdotal, but these are case reports, but it does spur an interest for potential larger studies. And that is kind of where we've seen our initial role as we're growing um, the journal. And so I would just put that at your feet to consider. And um, Absolutely, we're getting some phenomenal. data. Yeah, so we're definitely getting some data with, with specific clients and, and we're gonna, awesome. I think that's my brother's job. Um, he, <laughs> he needs to get in contact with um, some other doctors. We have a doctor in, in New Zealand here as well that wants to help us um, do that too. I think right. his name is actually, you'll you know him, um, Dr. Dr. Nick um, from the Broad Study. Oh, uh, wow. Okay. Um, what's his last name? But, oh. Okay. But from the Broad so Study. The, the, the Broad Study. Um, oh, That's okay. Anyway. That's all good. Luke, Luke Wilson and uh, Nick, Dr. Nick, uh, something. I forgot. Anyway. No worries. Um, yeah, so so he he's actually we're trying to get and obviously work with him and, and try and um, get a get a study done as well. Um, okay. So that'll be that'll be interesting and maybe we'll publish it. And um, it's the one from the plant based uh, plant um, plant plant nutrition project, right? So you guys set it up. Um, yes. Yes. It's the International there. Journal Disease yeah, Reversal yeah. and Prevention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we we actually went to the plant nutrition project um, in. Uh, Oakland, we were there. Ah, uh, did I meet you there? I unfortunately I don't think we did. Um, okay. To each other, yeah, yeah. But it would have been nice to see you in person. Yeah, um, there's a crew there that I usually meet up with, like from Australia, New Zealand. So those are those are fun to see those guys. Well, whenever that happens again. Yeah, well, J Jenny Cameron and, and um, yep. Malcolm McKay, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. yes. So we, we know them very well. Yes, I so enjoy talking to them every time we see them. So it's it's a lot of fun. I mean. It, it is a small world when you you have such an important um, niche. Um, I don't know. I, I just I just feel it's so important for everybody to know this message. But the beauty of if you've ever been to a medical um, conference, okay, these are typically not. I mean, I mean, people you know, those people you know, but you kind of you know you eat their dinners, you sit in these boring lectures, whatever. It's your same o same o. This drug for that drug. And then you go to things like the Plantrition Project, the American College of Lifestyle Medicine, Dr. Yep. Bernard's, you know, course or conference that he has, and it is a whole nother world. It's like you get. To, I, my husband calls it. He goes, "Laura, you're returning to the mothership." <laughs> yes, yes, I am. It's like you got to go get recharged for the next year, and um, it's such a joy to be with people who are seeking to provide health, true health and healing, like you have experienced in a. That's such a, it's just, it's heartwarming and, and encouraging, but you know, that's kind of what we're wanting to do is like you said, you know, if you can get physicians who are ill to heal themselves. And so we're working on some other things. We kind of got a little sidetracked with COVID um, on helping those doctors heal because those are going to be your biggest evangelists, right? They're going to be the ones out there. They have such a broad network. It's so important mm. that we help them. So um Healthy human evolution, that's what we're working on. Wow. So. I think the, the conferences are just so amazing. That was our first one um, overseas. And, you know, I felt, I felt like I was, I was dreaming. I felt like I was dreaming because <laughs> I was like, these people are saying exactly what we've been obviously saying and what we've been reading 
the material. Obviously, I met uh, Dr. Gregor and um, Dr. Essel Stein, and right. unfortunately, I haven't seen Dr. McDougal, and he's obviously one of my favorites because I, I do resonate with him quite a bit. Because again, when you have a disease and you can reverse it, and when you can reverse it with the power of food and the power of the self-healing body, it just you want to spread the word, and that's mm -hmm. why I think Dr. McDougal is so passionate about you know the food because he obviously had a stroke and you know early on in his journey and i just think he is why i do what i do as well because i know this works and if you want it to work it'll work for you and you know he he's just you know he's so passionate i i did get to see him uh, at a conference but he was obviously via via skype uh, but the the first thing that he said was chuck out all your prescription prescription pads and you know it's just it's so liberating when a doctor says that because it gives you hope it gives you strength um especially as a physician because mm -hmm. i mean dr mcdougall has been probably the you know the, the most experienced out of all the doctors you know you know it was really interesting to interview him um it was right after his i don't know how long but within the year of his house burning down and it was a really passionate discussion because I'm as a younger physician, um, well, not, I mean, I have a daughter about to graduate medical school, so I'm not that young. I'm in the middle of the pack. How about that? And yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like I'm in my 20s, but that's been a while. Um, so you, when, you, when I was talking to him, I was just so excited, right? Because I'm like, look at the movement. We're growing. He goes like, mm. <laughs> and you know, it's, that's just his personality, but I was just like, it makes me even more, um, I don't know, more, I guess, passionate to really show and support the, I mean, these guys were trailblazers. People were calling them nut cases and mm. malpractice. Yeah. And I mean, I just, I can't imagine having that happen. I had in my own internal struggles with colleagues. I've had people unfriend me on Facebook that were mm -hmm. other physicians and, um, you know, I've been called, you know, that vegan doctor is crazy. I'm like, whatever. I come see me. We'll talk. <laughs> exactly. well, you, you can't argue with the evidence. You can't argue no. with the clinical trials. You, you know? can't. And beyond that, I mean, like, this is just makes common sense. I'm curious. Have you had anyone come to you that was like on like a carnivorous or mostly ketogenic type diet and then flip because they were so desperate? Yes, well, we get lots of people like that. So, I mean, that's why like, there's so much mis misinformation out there because there's a lot of other YouTubers as well, you know, going to that route to try and heal um, IBD or any kind of health issue. But it's just not sustainable. Like, mm -hmm. yes, it may give you some kind of symptom relief, but it's not about symptom relief. It's about the root cause of the problem. Mm -hmm. And this is where people just want a quick fix. And when you, it's basically plugging the hole, plugging the gap when you eat meat or you know dairy and kefir and um, all these foods with saturated fat and cholesterol it just it stops your symptoms because your body is overwhelmed with all these toxins right. and all these all these foods that create all these problems for ourselves so obviously the body is not going to work as well and potentially you might get symptom relief and some people want that unfortunately right. and, and they don't realize the long-term um, problems with this and, and that's where, you know, what I'm talking about when I, when I do my YouTube videos is longevity, mm -hmm. you know, and, and a plant-based diet is shown to, to be so much better for longevity. I mean, you just look at the blue zones, you know, and <laughs> that's, that's your answer there. Um, but people, 
are just wanting a quick fix. They obviously also do want to eat meat, not realizing that, you know, going carnivore or something is so restricted. And it's, mm -hmm. it's so much more restricted than a plant-based diet because we've got, what, 50 plus thousand edible plants that we it's, can eat. And exactly. You sh exactly. If you can't digest fiber, that means you're not healed. You know, exactly. if people heal with, with yeah. the, or heal with these uh, random diets, right. um, and if you can't bring back fruits and vegetables in your diet, then you're not healed. And it's, it's not that I want to eat meat because I know the problems associated with meat and I don't want to introduce meat back into my diet. And it's not that I can't eat it. I just, I don't want to increase my risk of heart disease, diabetes, et cetera. Um, right. But if you can't eat vegetables, then, you know, there's something wrong with your digestive system and, and you know, human physiology. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You said it beautifully and i know we're at the top of the hour so thank you so much for your story and then being you know you and your brother and taking that inspiration and helping others i i just can't imagine the the ripple effects of your work i think that's phenomenal absolutely it was it's a pleasure to be here and i'm, I'm so happy to share my story as well and if anyone's listening you know please, please obviously check us out high carb health on instagram or facebook and um, obviously our YouTube channel. So please get inspired by my story as well. And, and maybe you can also be the one that's on the other side, um, <laughs> you know, without any medications and living a, a normal life now. So just to obviously clarify as well, I eat all plant foods. So I don't really restrict uh, my plant intake at all. I eat everything. Um, and, and that's what a plant-based diet can do. But obviously you've got to get up to that level. You've got to repair and, and rebuild your gut microbiome. And, yeah. and that's um, something that's, um, you know, there important. Are Definitely stages, and it, it would be a similar type diet for you know irritable bowel, SIBO, those type of things. There is Absolutely. a there is a way in general steps in that direction, which I've had plenty of those patients. So that's exactly, and we'll have links, everyone, uh, to highcarbhealth.com, to the YouTube, and um, wherever else that we can find you. So thank you again, and um, I just I'm just so excited and inspired by your story. Thank you. So thank you thanks so much, again. Dr. Laurie. <laughs> All right. Bye -bye. You're welcome.